today, Palace score the biggest upset of the season so far. Liverpool and Chelsea cruise to 3-0 victories. To no one's surprise, Everton wins. To everyone's surprise, Arsenal wins. All that and the return of CR7 on this week's episode of the Premiership Perusal Podcast. Manchester City are still alive here. Balotelli, Aguero! Back, Fuchs. And the ball in behind Damian Bunny! You are an ostrich. Well, your head must be in the sand. Is your head in the sand? Can you, are you flexible enough to get your head in the sand? Now the fans are shouting every week, Louis van Gaal's army! Louis van Gaal's army! Feet after a fabulous start, the game just got away from you there. I have nothing, nothing to say. Nothing to say about the game at all. Two, one, we're, we're live. live. Back again. Back in action. Guess who's back. After the back long break. Again. The sadness. Premier Cruise podcast. And Ronaldo. Ronaldo. All right. How you been, Sam? How's your week going? You know, not too bad, not too bad. Had some good action here in the Premier League. Oh, yeah. And now, even tomorrow, we're recording this Thursday. Yep. Right before Leeds-Newcastle, so we're going to get all the freshest predictions for you later on. Hot off the press. But first, the recap. Match day four. Match day four. Let's get into it. First one, just a banger. Right off the bat. Palace-Tottenham at Selhurst. What are we looking at for the lineup, Sam? Well, Crystal Palace rocking kind of the same thing that they've been going with here. You know, they mm-hmm. got the the four three three, Gaita and goal, Joel Ward, Dirk Mitchell, Gahey, Anderson. Yeah, the only real change they've had this year has really just been if they want Kuyate midfield or defense, and then if he's in defense, they rotate someone else in the mid. Yeah, if he's in the defense or if he's in the midfield, they rotate uh, their main. Uh, center back partnership in but you know nothing too crazy there and a uh debut for uh emerson royale oh yeah for tottenham switching up that back line they got regulon royale uh eric dyer and tanganga so uh winks winks getting in there too in the midfield winks getting in in the midfield we uh not the biggest harry winks fan on this podcast no can't say him so the the big thing in the Tottenham lineup, no son. Yeah, picked up an injury, and that's a that's a when big your team's really built on two elite guys, and you're missing one of them, you're bound to play worse. I don't know if you're bound to lose three 0 to Crystal Palace worse, but you're bound to play worse. Um, you know, and then even on early in this game, it's a little back and forth, but then another blow for Tottenham with Dyer going down. So this, even before you're looking at how the team played and stuff, it really was just not an ideal day, even outside of the result for Tottenham. Yeah, just just off to a bad start. I mean, you already have the changes in your defense, you know, switching it up, going 
mm-hmm. with uh, Emerson in there. And then you have to bring on uh, Joe Rodon. Yeah, not to mention, it's like the questions about your defense coming in this season, how they'd look. Well, they've looked good. And now they get hurt. Yeah. And now you got to rely on that depth, which they're not super deep. Rodon, I don't mind him as a third choice. I don't know if for Tottenham you want to be the third choice, but I don't mind him as a third choice, and he still has room to grow. So, but yeah, twelfth minute that collision with Ayu, Dyer getting subbed off. It was kind of sad having to watch him walk like Slowly. up the stairs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll get to Tanganga too. That one was a little more funny, but the the walking up for the away team for Palace was super funny. Yeah, so Palace. They were in this match, you know? Mm-hmm. They weren't just sent back. They were up for the match. They yeah. weren't like previous seasons, Palace, where they'd just be like chilling. Yeah. I mean, part of that, too, has to do with Tottenham. Just we've seen them this year sitting back, you know? Yeah. They're willing to absorb pressure, have the strong defense, and then kind of build up quicker going out. I, I thought in this game, Palace did a good job of um, at least making sure the midfield was generally balanced, if not tilting in their favor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought... You know, it didn't really come to much early on in this game, but their their looks out wide when in attack, uh, they were getting Tottenham in some vulnerable positions, I thought, anyways. And you might as well. I mean, you've got to be testing guys like Tanganga and Royale early on. Yeah, for sure, especially Royale coming in for that de- de- debut. I mean, you know, that's kind of your your bullseye right there is you're putting that guy to the test mm-hmm. right off the bat. And, and yeah. that's what Palace did. And Tanganga, we've seen he's done well, but you know, he's a very physical player and we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But, <laughs> we'll uh, get to that. but yeah, Palace, it, they looked really good. I mean, Connor Gallagher again, just all over the place, getting yeah, the ball he's, and he's distributing. Insane. He's been like a top five player in the Premier League this year. I don't think you can debate it how well he's been playing. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, Zaha making runs down the oh, wing. Oh, this game was was Wilfred's best game by far. You know, I was surprised though. Tottenham's game plan so far this season has been to sit back, like you said. Yep. I was surprised that they still went into that for this game too, to sit back and try and hit on the counter when one of your most dangerous counter-attacking pieces, being Sun, yeah, is out. No, that's fair. I think even, too, with this, I mean, teams that they've played are teams that, even if it's a team that you would think Tottenham's better than, say, like Wolves, they still will possess the ball if you allow them. Palace doesn't necessarily want to possess the ball. They don't mind attacking. They don't mind defending, but they're not going in. Like, we're just going to hold possession. We're going to work you. So... I mean, this kind of just shows where Tottenham's at in terms of their play style. This is actual, their actual play style. As of now, they're just being like, well, we're a defensive-minded team. We're going to focus on that and then break from that, build build off that. So, I think a lot of it comes down to the midfield. I think the players there aren't necessarily fit to play that possession-based game, especially a guy like... Like Harry Winks, and, yeah, and Skip is more defensive. Yeah, he's so. more defensive, and he can he can win balls. And if he's on the ball, a lot of times he just looks kind of to draw fouls at times. Just if he's not passing it back, mm-hmm. so you know, I guess yeah, they don't really have a guy to connect the defense to midfield and the midfield to attack in the central area of the park as well. I guess it's Hoiberg, yeah. Which, I mean, he looked like he could do it for Denmark. 
and he's had moments for Tottenham this year where he's looked pretty good, but not necessarily at that as much as other facets of his game, I mm-hmm. thought, anyways. So it goes in halftime, nil-nil, and be fair to say that Palace was the better team. Um, coming out of halftime, Tottenham get their first shot off 47 Four, yeah. minutes into the match. Yeah. What a stat that was. Just crazy. And then... it Was their, was it their only one? They had one other one, I think. I think it might have been their only one, though. I think yeah, Kaitel only had one saved. I think it was their, their only one. Um, so not long after, Tanganga takes out Zaha cynically, and then uh, there's a little <laughs> scuffle, Zaha. It was so weird. Tanganga, like, grabbed him by, like, the hips and was pulling him a, yeah. a closer. Yeah. And, <laughs> I didn't and know Zaha what to make of it. was not happy with that. And then they had a little brawl, and that was entertaining. Yeah. And then... I both mean, got yellows. Correct? Yeah, both yeah. got yellows. You could see Tanganga was like flustered. He was flustered. Even after that, they had to like kind of separate him too. Like yep. before the free kick on the edge of the box, it's like he clearly let that get to him. Yeah, if I'm in that position where I'm Nuno, I'm thinking, okay, we got to get this guy off. He's gonna get he, a second yellow. Yeah, because they don't really have anyone in that back line that's quite the leader to do that. I mean, I guess you would just have to bank on it being Loris or. Kane to get his head straight yeah but they don't really have like that great of leadership outside I would say Lloris is a significantly better leader than Kane Kane's more of a leader with his play mm-hmm. and his actions it's not like he's a yeah gonna motivate you kind of leader so or maybe even Hoiberg in the midfield there yeah uh, but then just a few minutes later Tanganga second yellow card after a poor tackle the high just, challenge just kind of goes flying in there Something you really shouldn't be doing when you're on the no. yellow card. And he's sent off for the sad walk of shame. Yep. Which was hilarious. It was pretty <laughs> funny. Not going to lie. Um, I mean, even up to this point, Crystal Palace were the better team in the match. They so. were the better team, but Tottenham was still hanging in there. You got to give them that. They were, they were playing solid defense. It's not like they're giving like, clear-cut chances no. to Palace or anything. Yeah. But... But I think it it's fair to say Palace were looking the more likely to score. Yes. And then uh, coming up, we have a penalty. Davies, who got subbed on after Tanganga gets Yeah, I don't, I'm not off. sure what Ben Davies was doing. His hand was just, like, out there. Yeah, it was clear as I don't day, know penalty. what he was doing. Yeah. But. And then Zaha steps up, converts 1-0 to Palace. At that point, Palace is in a good spot there. Yeah. And then as he was stepping up pretty much, Edward was getting ready to be subbed on because yep. they probably figured, well, we might as well bring an attack. And then they get the mm-hmm. pen. So, yep. you know, maybe they wouldn't have done that if they didn't score a penalty. doesn't matter. He still comes on after the pen. Yeah. And he lights it up. 27 seconds after coming on. Scores with his... Little cut, little curl action. His first curl. or second touch of the game. Nice mm-hmm. little finish there. Yeah, it was quick build-up play. Um is in the Tottenham attacking end, and then Palace just broke out nicely mm-hmm. on that. Um, pretty, pretty rough. I mean, down to ten men, you know, you're gonna yeah. more likely be exposed, especially when one of them's a defender. But yeah, and then another debut for Crystal Palace. Elise makes his debut, coming back from injury. Mm-hmm. So that's a good sign. The 19 year old, and then not long after, three nil, great ball from Gallagher. Oh yeah. Edouard just How about in the loads first, of space. The first like switch up on that one, uh, I think it was was it Milivojevic on that, 
It was like to get the ball in the Palace half. I think it was to get it to Gallagher. It was an amazing pass regardless. Um, no one on that end of the field at all for Tottenham. Yeah. Great pick out. Yep. So he gets a brace in his debut. Palace, absolute dream win in front of the home crowd. First off, with that one, uh, we just, just, I mean, we're always vindicated on this podcast, but we said, Palace, you got to get Edward. Yes. Palace and Brighton, one of those two had to get Edward. Palace were the ones that get him. Love the business. Look how it pays off for him. But then as it countered out, by us saying in the last episode we had more confidence in Tottenham and Nuno. Maybe. Maybe. But then it's outweighed by the fact that I said I gained the most confidence in Palace from the first three games of any team. Okay. So you're a genius. It's the 2-1. Two, two I put my, too much faith in Well, Tottenham. that's you don't want to do that. Yeah. It's, it's like putting faith in a the Minnesota Vikings or something. You know, something like that. Like that. Yeah. Uh Going ahead for uh, Tottenham, what does this mean? They got Chelsea up next. That's going to be a tough a one. Yeah, questioning. It depends if Son's obviously back. Yeah, it definitely depends on Son. It sounds like he's questionable to come back mm-hmm. for that one. That and be... you wonder about Dyer too. Yeah, if you're going to sit back and absorb that pressure, because if you're sitting back against Palace, you're going to be sitting back against Chelsea. Yeah. So. I, I don't know what to make of it going forward uh, for Tottenham. Yeah, especially with this kind of makeshift back line where they have some new guys coming in. Yeah. You don't have that much chemistry, it feels like. A lot's going to rely on the injuries, unfortunately. But yeah. uh, as far as Palace going ahead, just something to build off of. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, I mean, of as long as we've seen Wilf in the Premier League, he's very streaky. Mm-hmm. He'll have great games. Or even like two or three great games, and then he just falls off a cliff. Yeah. Can he kind of keep this going for them? Edward going forward, is he starting over Benteke? There's a few questions with Palace. Yeah, I mean, to me, I would start Edward. I mean, it, he's he's got his two goals, you know. Mm-hmm. At this point, I'd say start him. And I think, I think the thing with Zaha now, he kind of has a better supporting cast. Yeah. In, in years prior, it was just kind him of been, and Townsend, I guess. Yeah, it's kind of been all Jason Punchin. focused on him, and it's easier for defenses to isolate that one guy. Yeah. Whereas now they have more threats like Gallagher and Edward and yeah, even Elise coming in. Creates more for him. Yeah. So, anyway, moving on to the next match Arsenal versus Norwich. Uh oh. The premier matchup that we've all been waiting for. Truly was. 19th versus 20th. Truly was. Tomiyasu debut for Arsenal. Yes, the the um, the start for Tomiyasu in the back four, and then they kind of got the kind of got that back four, back five with the with Maitland wide Niles players out there, switching the it up there. Defenders slash midfielders, they can drop back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Maitland Niles after the saying he just wants to play. All he wants to do is play, Sam. He gets some time out there. Yeah, he he was benefited by the red card to Granit Xhaka. Yep. So uh, next to Lankanga in the midfield. and Back in the lineup. And Saka, Odegaard, and Pepe kind of more. And Pepe the, back too after the – did he have COVID or was that just the contact? I think it contact? was an illness. Okay. A non-COVID illness or something. I see. And then Aubameyang up front. Um, Nordside – a change in 
defense. They have uh, the Irish guy. Yes, with a very long last name. <laughs> Andrew Obobawale. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, midfield's still staying the same. They rotate Rupp in there every once in a while. Sometimes he starts, sometimes off the bench. Yeah. Lee's Malou, he do, he's looked pretty solid this year for Lester, or, uh, not Lester, Norwich in there. I like him. Uh, starting Kenny McLean, kind of been solid at times for him too. The Greek man, Christos, up there with Puki and Karen Dowell. Yeah, so a little rotation trying to maybe see if they can find some uh spark winning combination or yes. something like that yeah so early on arsenal looking pretty good yes we've seen this before yes <laughs> not too much but it, it, it was definitely better for sure yeah they early on i felt like they were just able to really facilitate the ball better than they have been before um and i mean part of that's just you went against chelsea you went against city you yeah. know you're going to be able to play your style against norwich more than likely and impose your will on the game mm-hmm. with that said it did feel like for a good while in the first half it was pretty sloppy and norwich kind of on second and third balls were beating them to it or kind of jumping in being a little more aggressive than arsenal at times and they kind of gave them some run for their money when you say yeah there were times where norwich had some good spells of possession you know where they kind of were able to relieve the pressure um and it helped that arsenal wasn't pressing them mm-hmm. so they could you know try and play out of the back yeah more. we talked about that that you know arsenal more than likely isn't going to press so yeah. norwich can at least try and play their style but yeah it was really surprising to me that you wouldn't even try and press them for at least a little bit and see if you have some success i mean yeah in the previous games it seems like pressing has been pretty effective against norwich Mm -hmm. so i would say it's not a bad idea to give it a go i wonder if our tattoos may be thinking like well it's not necessarily our strength even though at times it's been their weakness and being ultra conservative seeing us how they haven't won yet he's like we're just going to stick to our game plan this is what gets us wins against these smaller clubs we got to take care of business so I wonder if he's just thinking that way. He's like, we can beat them. We just got to make sure that we're not going to be so open that we're exposed to getting beat. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Norwich, as we know, they can be dangerous on the counter. Yeah, they're a little frisky at times. You know, so you don't want to be too open mm-hmm. and make it easier for them. Yeah. So staying organized. Goes into halftime, nil-nil. I thought Pepe particularly didn't look that good. It seemed like every time he got the ball, he just had a bad touch and gave away possession. Yeah, I mean, and part of that's probably just a little out of form, not having played for a while for Arsenal and stuff. But, uh, you know, in the second half, I think even on the... I guess they gave him an assist on that. <laughs> but yeah, kind of kind of looked a little more dangerous in the second half. Maybe it was just a matter of, you know, getting some time underneath his belt. So no no at half. No no at half, and then Arsenal make some substitutions shortly after halftime. Smith Rowe and Thomas Partey coming on. Good to see Partey. Yeah, back out there. See how long he can last for. Yeah, and you know, I'm big Emil Smith Rowe guy. The Smith. Yeah, man, too too good. Don't know why he doesn't start. I get him and Odegaard are similar, but I don't know. I still feel like he's their best creative player. Yeah, I think it might have been that he was coming off of an illness with england the under 21 squad yeah um so maybe he wasn't fully fit but 
you could tell a difference when they came on. Arsenal stepped up yeah. a notch in quality. Mm-hmm. And then they get the goal through Aubameyang, kind of a a scramble, you know, loose ball flying all over yeah, the place. Yeah, the Pepe, the shot off the post, comes back out, hits him, goes off the post, I think hits him again to go to the side, and Aubameyang's there for the tap in. Yep. Tim Kroll's beat like four times, and Arsenal still almost didn't score. <laughs> this is how it's been for him, but... They got it over the line. You that's know, all that matters. And that's, as much as I've kind of poo-pooed Aubameyang on Arsenal for a while here, uh, I mean, it, it is nice just to have a guy who knows where to be, what to do, stuff like that, because, I mean, you still have to be there to put it in, and sometimes you'll see guys that are not where they should be. He seems like he's kind of got a a new lease on life at his Arsenal career. I think he had some some tough moments he wasn't in the best of form last season came down with malaria Mm -hmm. and now you know perhaps he's back to his old ways he made a post Mm. on instagram afterwards saying you know how much it means to him and the team and great to have look i'm giving him a little credit old ways old ways is leading the premier league in scoring goals Okay, may, maybe like he's halfway. He's a little back, yeah. He's a little back. Not like he's in not the grave. dead. He, yeah, he's not. He's not a, uh, you know, buried alive. Um, second half for the rest of it, kind of open. Arsenal still looking good in attack. Um, what were your thoughts on this game in terms of Norwich's small chances in attack and Arsenal's defending? Did you ever feel like Norwich were going to score, or did you feel confident in Arsenal's defense, which at times has looked shaky this year? I think there definitely could have been some chances where Norwich scored. I think it was probably their best performance so far this season, which doesn't really say too much. Yeah. But I think they did have a couple of chances where, you know, maybe you get lucky and you score, and then it's 1-1 all of a sudden. Yeah. See, I kind of felt like last week, against Leicester was a little better for Norwich than this one. Yeah. Just a little, but I could That's see fair. either way. That's fair, yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, so anything else you want to say about this game? I mean, 1-0 kind of wraps up. I didn't, you know, second half wasn't too exciting, I didn't think. I would say disappointing for Arsenal not to get another goal in this one, but you take the three points. Were you saying just in general, or was there a particular chance you were thinking of? No, just... Just in, in general. general. Get yeah. It. yeah. Yeah, I mean, going forward, I mean, it's something to build off of for Arsenal. It's a result. Um, as far as Norwich, back-to-back performances where they haven't looked, like, completely hopeless. Mm-hmm. They haven't looked great, but they definitely, you know, there's been worse teams out there. Uh, you know, I wonder if maybe some consistency with the Norwich lineup. I mean, it's only changes, one or two changes here or there, but maybe just give this side a run out for a few weeks in a row, see how it goes. Yeah. As far yeah. as I like uh I like Kenny McLean coming in there. Mm-hmm. I feel like he adds he's solid something going forward for them from the midfield. Yeah, he can link up between the attack and midfield for sure. As far as Arsenal goes, is there anything you're looking forward to going for? Maybe a little more from Pepe, maybe a Smith Rowe getting pushed in the or thrust in the starting lineup. Yeah, for me Smith Rowe is a must start must start. Um Hopefully Thomas Partey, maybe see uh, a midfield pairing of Partey and Lokonga. That could be interesting. Yeah. 
And then uh, more of Tomiyasu. He looked great in this game. Yeah, he's really. I was surprised how far forward they had him going. Yeah, in he this was, at times. He was really pushing forward, and it's interesting because he's he's pretty he's a pretty big guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not your typical like fullback. <laughs> he's a big guy, but he was pushing pretty far forward. He had a good chance off the volley to score. Yeah, no, just high. I looked. I thought he looked good out there. Yeah. So moving on. Moving on. Brentford. Brighton, the battle of the bees, the bees, BRs. The, the bees and the birds, <laughs> the birds and the bees. Um, with Brentford's lineup, I think Baptiste was the only one that hadn't been normally playing. He gets yep. subbed in there. Um, otherwise, it's still that regular um, f- uh, three-five-two. Almost said five-three-two, three-five-two for him. Uh, as far as Brighton goes three at the back, four in the midfield, three up top. Cucurella getting in there. Getting that. The former debut. Barca yeah. prospect. Um, kind of more in a, I guess, a wing back role for him with Veltman on the other side. Yep. More of a front three with Maupai, Trossard, and Welbs. Yeah, Danny, Danny Welbeck. Get, getting into this one for a start. So in the first half, I kind of thought that. Um, it was pretty even. I would say that a little, I'd say it favored a little bit towards Brentford, um, especially first 20 minutes, I'd say it's neck and neck. And then like after about the 20th minute, it kind of went more towards Brentford. They're able to impose their will. They really just, they didn't have clear cut chances. And we've seen this from Brentford before, especially in like the Villa game where it's like, they don't get clear cut chances, but it's like, you still feel like they might score um, yeah. out of their possession. Cause it's, it's pretty good. Um, in terms of a, a threat level. Yeah, they did look good early on. I mean, they were having some of the possession. Both teams kind of playing a similar style where they want to have the ball and then press when they don't have it. But then, like you said, Brighton got got a good string of possession going. They were playing some nice passes, some good one-two touch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's funny you say that because it's not like both teams play the same style, but it's like their goal is the same because Brighton yeah. loves to possess the ball. They love to pass it around swing it around work for the goal brighton just doesn't really want to sit back and counter they like to go fast with the ball and stuff but they don't want to just sit back the whole time and counter they just want to kind of get the ball and then push forward as fast as possible yeah yeah i thought i thought brighton looked pretty good this game in terms of what we've seen previously um with them trying to play out of the back Mm-hmm. And it'd be kind of slow. It's sloppy early on for him normally. Sloppy early on, and then they kind of get a hang of it. And this one, they were being a little more dynamic, pushing it forward. I think Cucurella kind of helped going down the, the yeah, wing. Yeah, he, he was really getting forward, spraying the ball around the field, drawing fouls. I thought he had a terrific game. Yeah, they weren't just playing it back to the center backs. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a lot faster, looked a lot better. And even when they weren't necessarily playing the possession, they they'd send it up long and you know try and hit Welbeck in behind or something. Yeah, and they had one in the first half where he got behind, just not the best of finish. It wasn't bad; it was still on target and stuff. Forced a Raya save, but yeah, no, for sure. I I thought it was, and that's what we kind of want from Brighton is a little more diversification in terms of the attack, not just the mm-hmm. conservative or pass it back webster he'll work at someone else if it's not really going immediately back just not aggressive which i thought they were slightly more aggressive this game i like that 
Yeah, and I like the aspect that Cucurella brings. He kind of brings balance because so far this season, they seem like they always try and push it down the right-hand side. Yes. And now now that they have Cucurella, they have the option to go yeah, down if both it's sides. Yeah, if it's not Basuma just making a run through the middle, a lot of times it's just they overload the right side, mm-hmm. whereas Cucurella now on that left can provide another option, if not maybe eventually the primary option for him to link up. Yeah. Uh, big injury. Adam Webster comes off injured. Yeah, tough. They switch up the formation kind of. They send Veltman more towards the back, and mm-hmm. then Yaka Motor comes on. Yeah, Veltman normal. Uh, well, I guess not normally a center back, but came up a center back with Ajax, so yeah. plenty of experience there. Yep, goes into halftime nil-nil. Brighton having the majority of the possession, looking the better team kind of uh, in that second half of the first half. See, I I thought it was more Brentford than Brighton. Huh? Okay, okay. But I mean, that's how that's it was a close game. It's close, yeah. Yeah, so you really could it's pick your poison between the two. I just thought Brent, uh, Brentford with their attacks were a little more threatening, but I could see how you'd say that because Brighton was more dominant in midfield at times, especially winning the ball. It felt like they were a little better at that. But yeah, I was just impressed with their their passing. It was a lot better flowing in this one Mm -hmm. and even going into the second half you saw some more of that some better passing and they were kind of chipping away trying to push against Brentford you know Brentford's got that tough defense and we've seen it yeah they hold up well with Pinnock and Ayer and even like their wide midfield players like Henry and stuff they're they're brutal going back in terms of they're gonna they're gonna be on you they got great work rate yeah you really have to come up with something special in attack to beat that defense. Yeah. And ultimately, that's what uh, Brighton were able to do. Trossard, with a great effort on goal, to it's get just, the winner. Just great link-up play to throw in. McAllister, and then to motor, and then McAllister, a little run, dumps it, Trossard, Trossard, a little spin move, a little the curl action. Yeah, that's kind of right. like the, the Grand Potter football at its finest. Mm-hmm. That's what you want to see more of. Quick and tight spaces. And just out playing your opponents pretty much because mm-hmm. you know where to be, where your teammate's going to be, and how you're going to work it in there. Yeah. So finishes 1-0. Going forward for Brighton, we like what we've seen from them so far, especially this game, even notch up by being a little more aggressive. They only got one this game, but, I mean, part of that's just Brentford's, like I said, they're brutal on defense. They're good and yeah. they're solid. As far as Brentford, I wouldn't be too hard done by it. Um, the result, they played well. Uh, you know, they didn't have, like I said, they didn't have great chances this game. But you know, we've seen that. There's just games where Ivan Tony's not really the biggest force. But then there's games where he is. So, yeah, I wouldn't have been surprised if it ended as a draw. I think that would have been a fair result mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. But I think Brighton ultimately showed just that next level of quality that they possess and ultimately they got the three points and you know another great result for brighton yeah they're they're looking fantastic my guy trossard yeah moving on oh yeah another one another doozy another big one here lester man city coming in this season you would have thought this might have been a really big game i mean it's still a big game but this this means a lot more for Leicester than City, I would say. Yeah, and we've seen that Leicester can give City some 
some issues mm-hmm. in the past. So they come out with some new guys. They got Ryan Bertrand making his debut, Vestergaard starting, and then kind of the same uh, midfield with Harvey Barnes, Tielemans, James Madison, all Brighton kind of filling in, and then mm-hmm. Ndidi, and then, of course, Jamie Vardy. No uh, Nacho again. Shaking my head, Brendan Rodgers, shaking my head. And then over on the city side, you have pretty much the same. Yeah, they'll, they'll rotate some guys in and out, um, but it's going to be that same back four, Walker, Diaz, Laporte, Concello, midfield of Gindawan, Rodri, and Bernardo Silva. The, the three-headed attack right now, man, Jesus, Grealish, and Torres in the middle, just killing it out there. Yeah, who would have thought that? Jesus would have had this resurgence as like a right wing. I mean, it it would have had to, to be this way because he's just not a great finisher. Yeah. So, you know, but who who would have thought it? I don't know who would have thought it. Uh, it just felt like early on, right from the get go, City were just dominating. Yeah, for like, sure. <laughs> their ability to switch up play and get it out wide the entire game was just so impressive. I mean, it goes to show you just why they're the best team, but. I thought Leicester was holding up well defensively. It was a bit of a bent, don't break for them. Um, but they stood strong defensively and held their form. I thought, especially centrally, they weren't giving up like prime real estate chances to City. But um, And when they did, they had someone there to block it. They had so many times where they block shots. Yeah, I thought this was a good one for Vestergaard to come in because he didn't have to play so much out of the back it's more of just like a defensive effort Mm -hmm. so it's a good one for him to come in because he's kind of that pure defender yeah not your modern day center back that plays out of the back and then ryan bertrand i kind of like that you know switching it up yeah it adds a bit of an edge and in these games against big teams like yeah a guy like luke thomas might provide a spark and hit a big play for you but there's something about having a solid vet guy Mm -hmm. that knows where to be what to do and isn't going to get toasted on the wing and then leaving your whole team exposed. City ball's just going to pull you out, and then you, they got to tap in for, you know, Torres or something. Yeah. So early on, City really running the show, but Leicester do get some, some close chances on the break. And uh, when you're playing City, you just have to convert on any chances that you get because ultimately you're not going to get that many. It felt like they were always just the last pass was just short of being what it needed to be. Yeah. If they connect on that pass, more than likely it's a goal or at least or it makes it forces a Darrison to make a great save. But it did just feel like they were always one short pass away in the buildup. And I feel like we've seen that from them this season as well. They have some good plays. They find Vardy in behind, but they don't score, and ultimately it comes back to haunt them. Mm-hmm. And it's it's no different in this one. And then after that, it's kind of swings back to City, having the control. You see Grealish have a effort go just high. It's it's as much as you wouldn't like to think this. It is. It has to have some demoralizing effect on Leicester when it doesn't go in the back of that we've seen it with wolves yeah you don't see it go in you're just like oh my gosh and the pressure and the burden keeps building and then if the other team scores you're like well shit that's how it goes i guess yeah and you just feel a little deflated and defeated 
I feel like Lester felt a little like that. They didn't really show it in their defense, though. They didn't drop off. I thought their defense was very impressive this game. Um, especially, I know I mentioned it, but the block shots. There were so many chances where City could have put like three or four past them if they weren't guys there. Yeah, definitely. A lot of stuff going through Grealish, as we've seen in the previous games. He's just kind of running the show. Super Jacky. Super Jacky. Yeah. I mean, even I, I'm surprised how well he's fit in, like seamlessly fits yeah. into the system, and he just kind of runs the show. Yeah, he's so good. He's so good. What can you say? I mean, it's almost like, I mean, there's just some guys that are going to become expandable on this city squad, I feel like. I feel like Mares and potentially, I don't think Bernardo Silva. I think coming into the season, I really was thinking Bernardo Silva might get sold. I can't see. I don't know if I see that. I give it like a seventy-five percent chance he stays, but I don't. Mara's, Sterling, maybe. Yeah, even Sterling. That more comes down to who's going to pay his wages, but that's a different debate. It's guys, you know. I mean, he looks the best player. Maybe you would probably say. I mean, Diaz is always great, and Fernand Torres has looked amazing. But I, I would say that Grealish has looked their best player. Yeah. Maybe minus De Bruyne because he's just. Kevin De Bruyne. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So halftime, nil nil. City, the better team. Leicester have had their moments, but didn't capitalize. And then after halftime, they get another chance. Harvey Barnes, mm -hmm. header off the crossbar. Another quick kind of counter, fast build up play mm -hmm. action. Great cross in. Great ball in there. Harvey Barnes just. Can't keep it down enough. I think Adarson might save it if it's uh, on net anyways, but I I don't know. Yeah, potentially. Still. And then Vardy has a a, a goal, goal offside, ruled offside, and at that at that point you're just sad. Yeah, if you're Lester, you can't score. It's rough. We've become wolves, mm -hmm. even though we already kind of were. But then you know. City go down, and what do we say? If you don't score, mm -hmm. they're going to punish you. All those great block shots, here's another block shot. But guess what? Bernardo Silva's right there. Yep. It's just that ability to grind out performances. That's why City are the best. Just you, like, strangle the other team into finally getting a goal. Yeah. And then Leicester, they bring on Ejia Nacho and Lookman. And they look better. I thought Lookman actually looked pretty good. Yeah, I mean, he he's shown flashes, especially mm -hmm. last year for Fulham at times. But, uh, you know, Everton, he was really young then. I don't really count that. But even then, he showed like one or two plays. Yeah. But, uh, no, they did look a little more dangerous even going forward. But, I mean, it's just too little too late with Leicester in some of these games with these substitutions like Iannaccio and stuff. It's like, how yeah. about you give them more than, like, 15, 20 minutes? Give them a run from the start. Mm -hmm. Definitely something to think of in the future for Leicester. Maybe starting Lookman, starting uh, Iannaccio. I know they both started in the Europa League game today. So mm. probably unlikely that they'd start yeah. again on Sunday. Mm -hmm. But Leicester at the moment, they got some work to do. Yeah, it's pretty dire. But uh, 
a lot of the season left, only the fourth match day. Yeah. But big props to City grinding it out, and that's how that's that's just the stuff of champions right there. You got to win those big games, even when City, you know, they could have easily got deflated too. They're like, look at these great chances we're creating, and then boom, perfect block shot. Oh, save Schmeichel. Yeah. You just keep going. Yeah, that's kind of their mentality is just like Stick to the system. never stop. Yeah. Keep passing, keep moving. If we lose it, follow them, press, make sure that we get the ball back or stop their uh, momentum going forward. And the biggest thing that City have struggled with is when they do go down. So if Leicester gets that goal in the first half, you know, yeah, it's a different game. Absolutely. Because when they have to force their system, it works quite a bit less. It's it's less efficient, yes. for sure. It's definitely not as effective. Speaking of effective systems, yes, we got Man U versus the ultimate effective system in the Premier League. Bruce Ball. Bruce Ball. Newcastle. Here we go. Man U lining up. Still De Gea. Back four. Their main pairing of Maguire and Varane with Shaw and Bissaka out wide of them. Pogba, Greenwood, Fernandes, Sancho, Matic in the midfield. And the one that only Cristiano Ronaldo in up top. As far as Newcastle, we still got Frederick Woodman in that. Kieran Clark, Lascelles, Matt Ritchie, Isaac Hayden, Javi Manquillo. Liverpool legend Javi Manquillo out there. Yeah. Midfield, little Joe Linton action, Almiron action, Willick, Longstaff, St. Maximin in there. What do you think Bruce was thinking when picking this? He's like, I'm just going to pick fast guys and they'll be able to cover Man U players. Something like that. <laughs> He's yeah. just like, I'm going to pick guys that are fast and we'll just throw them out there and hopefully they cover them. Yeah, everyone just stay organized. Yeah. And then hit on the counter. The thing much. I respect the most is Steve Bruce sitting Callum Wilson and just being like, he was injured. Yeah, well, I mean, sitting him for even if he wasn't injured, sitting him so he doesn't get injured in the future. That would have been the real play. Yeah, he still would have done it too because he's high IQ, Steve Bruce. I like the <laughs> the the Jolington as like a left mid That's instead awesome. of up front. Yeah, and force him to be defensive he he looked like he was not having a good time what are you gonna do but hey you want your 40 minutes. mil yeah <laughs> you got 40 mil defense. you better do something um you know i i thought that newcastle looked in this first half i thought defensively they looked about as good as they've looked all year yeah for sure they had the back five and then in front of the back five they had the four-man midfield and everyone was behind the ball except for uh saint maximin they were soaking up that pressure, and mm-hmm. I thought that any time Man U was out wide, it wasn't really going to go anywhere. No. There's, I ha- I actually had confidence in Newcastle's defense a little bit. There's just, like, no way into the box Yeah, for, for Man U. And then you see they do what they want to do. They hit on the counter mm-hmm. through, like, Almiron and St. Maximin. Some Maximum. great runs early in the first half. Yeah, and it was... It seemed like the game plan was working pretty good. Yes. The first half. Um, nothing too crazy in terms of chances until the goal for Man U, I didn't think. Um, but then they get the goal. And it, it looked like they were, you know, forcing a little, kind of pushing it, trying harder than they had to. And the best way to break that is to have a goal 
that you'd never expect to get because it's just pure luck. Yeah. Woodman couldn't really handle the save. Falls to Cristiano. The tapping merchant. The tapping merchant. Oh, my gosh. He looks so good at it. <laughs> looks so good out there. Pulls out the trademark celebration. <laughs> so great. Yeah. Against Newcastle. A little unlucky. The deflected <laughs> shot kind of threw off Woodman, and then he parried it straight to Ronaldo. Yeah. 1-0. And then going in the half, you got to be, if you're Newcastle, you just got to be down. You got to be frustrated. You thought you played well. thought yeah, you had it. Absolutely. Man, you, you're probably like, we've been playing better, but it's kind of lucky the goal we got. It's like we needed to still play better than we are. So Yeah, just you got to be wary of that counterattack because mm-hmm. you could see, I mean, with that, that attacking lineup that they have you know Ronaldo it's scary Greenwood Fernandez and Sancho they're not gonna track back though no so there is space on the counter for sure yeah well it's all soaked up by the fastest midfielder Nemanja Mate (laughs) exactly (laughs) uh so halftime one nil and then coming out of halftime Newcastle they they're back at it hit on the counter Manquillo Gets the goal. That was crazy. So it went out for a throw-in, and they're like showing a replay of the what's going yeah. on before. And then you see Almiron sprinting down the field with a pass up to St. Maximin. He lays it off on the little run out wide by Manquillo. No one on him. Puts it far post 1-1. It was such a great run for Almiron. It really was. So fast. It was. The dangle. Who was, who was lunging at him as he made like the kind of turn to get past? Was it Maguire? Uh, was it Maguire? I thought it might I have fe- been pogba i don't remember i thought it was mcguire like lunging forward and he just completely either way he just went through the whole team pretty much it was a fantastic fantastic play by almiron probably one of if not his best premier league moments yeah i would say so so but then unfortunately oh man luke shaw was galloping through the midfield there was no one there was no one around (laughs) he had like a it was like a, a pope being escorted or something along those lines. Yeah, they kind of lost their organization that they had. They started going a little too much attacking. Yeah. They they started sipping the Kool-Aid on, look at this counter we just had. It was amazing. And they're like, what if we kept doing it? <laughs> and we pulled out a little further. And then it's like, oh, you're not playing as far back. Oh, your midfielders aren't getting back as much. Oh, you're going to get punished. Yeah. And then that pass to Ronaldo, who had plenty of space himself. Yeah. The finish right through the legs. You hate right to see it, yeah, Freddie. Yeah, Freddie. Close your eyes. It's tough, man. What are you going to do? And at that point, you're like, all right, well. It's, it's probably going to go rough here. Yeah. And then. And then Bruno Fernandes. Just steps up with the absolute like, belter f- from 30 yards out. Don't forget out. who I am. Say my name. I'm the better Portuguese Bruno. man. And then Jay Lings, too. For four one, you know it's rough when Jay Lings pops on and scores a goal. Oh man! R.I.P. Newcastle. Four <laughs> one, Man U looked in control for pretty much the whole game, minus one little blip. Um, going forward, what are we looking at for Man U? They look great in attack. It's just that there's a lot of space in behind. We. Kn- it's just that. It's that spot. It's that Fred Matic spot, yeah. which is like, oh, it's just brutal to look at. It's such an eyesore. Uh, I want to know going forward with Sancho, 
what they're going to do about that if they're getting him more looks. He did not look good in this game. No, he did not. He looks like he's on a completely different, like, just wavelength than the rest of the team. Yeah, everyone looks so good, and then he's like, well, it's more like giving away the ball. Yeah, it's more like in terms of like the chemistry and stuff, just doesn't look like it's there. And taking guys on in the Premier League is going to be a lot harder than the Bundesliga, yeah. especially when this year, where you can go in mm-hmm. and you can everyone can be a Burnley player, <laughs> making tackles and challenges. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do going forward with that. Um, Maybe they'll try and get him some run in the Champions League, let him get in form there. But Oh, they did. I didn't watch the Champions and League they, this week. they lost to Young Boys. Well, you know, I mean, the Swiss are a real specialty. We saw them in the Euros, man. Renowned for their world-class football. <laughs> young Boys. Not even, not even Basel. And uh, then on the Newcastle side, some rumors coming out that uh, things aren't so wonderful. Over well, in the they, black and white they side. They never really are on the tine side. So apparently players aren't happy because they don't, they're not training enough. Bruce has given them too many days off. I don't think I've ever heard this before. I've heard where they're, you know, getting run down. But apparently they have all these days off and some of the players aren't happy with his tactics and whatnot. I and, would get the tactics, the whole days off thing. I mean, these guys want to work and stuff, but I think the only time, especially this year, the only time I've heard it, other league, but Barcelona with Komen, like, who was that? Was that, it wasn't Depay, but it was a new player. Oh, it was Aguero. He said they, like, used to show up, like, an hour before yeah. training and trying to get stuff, and they, the doors were locked. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> he couldn't get in early to do work because no one's there. Apparently, Steve Bruce went on some, some holiday or something over the international break, that's awesome. And, you know, Newcastle, they don't have too many international players. So there's there was like six international players, and then the rest were still there yeah, wanting to train train and whatnot. But they're like, nah, no Bruce, training session. Bruce is like, nah, dude, we play Man U right away. Who good. even cares? Just, just rest up. I don't know. I, I don't think it'll go south enough this year for them to get relegated Newcastle, but you, you hate to see this because then it – kind of seeps into your mind you're like uh oh oh no oh no 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 (laughs) also one final thought about this match a lot of famous people in the stands but none other than the legend our favorite gary oldman big sam allardyce in the stands oh okay big sam for newcastle you'll never ever have a manager of england who's undefeated the way big sam was you'll never sing that (laughs) <laughs> moving on to a hank special oh yeah i like this game southampton southampton west, west ham. ham love both the squads break it down for me mccarthy and net stevens and salisu kind of been their main center back pairing so far hasn't looked the best this game uh, a different note perot and Levermento in there so again with the just swapping of the fullbacks um sometimes walker peters in there with Levermento sometimes is Perot and Walker Peters. They have they have some options out there. And the announcer during the game, I don't know if you remember it, but they're like, I don't know why they're spending money on that when they should be spending on other stuff. It's like, yeah, but I don't think it's... When you're Southampton, you just need to buy any quality player again. True. Regardless. Romeu, Ward-Prowse, Redmond, Gnepo, 
El Nuesi a little further forward, almost you might even classify him as a forward this game. Um, pretty much in the Che Adams role. Uh, Armstrong up top. West Ham, Fabianski, Cresswell, Shufal as the two wide guys. Dawson, Ogbana as the two center backs. You know the midfield by now. Fornals, Bowen, Benrama, Sushek, Declan, Rice with a little Mikel Antonio. The man on fire. So just off the bat, I think the main thing I would notice with this, with no Che Adams, a little more Nathan Redman. Mm-hmm. I'm not a Redman guy. No. Never have been. Not his no. time at Norwich. Not when he first got to Southampton. He, it just feels like he should have been a little better than he was. And I think that's what kills me about it. Yeah, he was looking rough. In this <laughs> the one. whole first half was the, pretty. The first half was awful, like, there, there was no passing. Southampton, every time they'd get the ball, just gave it away. Every time. Yeah. Like, West Ham really couldn't get anything going, though, yeah. in this one. And that's the main thing that caught my eye, more so than uh, Southampton's attack. They looked just off. Like, yeah. in a way I haven't seen in a long time. Since, like, middle to, like, kind of towards the end of the last year, they just weren't clicking at all. And yeah. it was mainly a lot of like the passing and link up play just wasn't really there. Um, and the, you know, I mean, part of it's Southampton. I thought that Salisu had an amazing week. Anytime you go up against a guy like Antonio, who has the most goals in the league and is just one of the best strikers in the world at the moment, and you stop him, I mean, that's, that's something about the defense too. It can't just all be West Ham was bad. Yeah. So that's true. That's true. Yeah. Good, good performance defensively by uh, Southampton. There, they, that kind of has looked like they're maybe a stronger suit for this team. And I've noticed how they, they've just played better in general at home, too. They really on the road it feels like struggle. Even in the Newcastle game where they have some bright spots, they still just don't look that great. Um, which you don't really think of St. Mary's as like a place that's like. Southampton have to play there. A fortress. That's, that's, yeah, that's where they get their points and stuff. So it's we'll watch that going forward. But, uh, you know, the one thing that I want to see out of West Ham, Vlasic came in. I was thinking maybe Crawl might get in mm-hmm. for a little bit, save some guys. They have a Europa League game coming up. Well, they did at um, Saturday. But maybe save on some guys here and there. You know, and then they just still didn't, even with the changes, didn't really look that inspiring no it, it it really didn't i mean you don't have any real scoring threats until jared bowen forces mccarthy to make a save and that was i don't remember like 60 70 is somewhere, somewhere around there. there and it yeah. was just yeah not good but your new guy this the sub broha yeah the young player comes on he comes pretty on. good he was like, whoa, where'd this guy come from? Like, this guy's amazing. Another one of the Chelsea young guys that they got. Yeah, he was just making runs. He's super tall, very fast. Yeah. Uh, there's a clearance off the line, Southampton, close to scoring. They kind of looked like more likely to score with uh, yeah. Broja or Broja, whatever. Robert Broja. He was coming on. <laughs> He had the spark. Yeah, I thought that 
you know, there are guys on this team for Southampton that they're not the best in terms of quality week to week, but they have enough of like kind of a wild card kind of catalyst to them to where they can spark the team for a game. And I thought, you know, I thought El Nuesi looked pretty good too. Yeah. He had some nice runs in there and some really good passes, but then there'd be times where it was like, I think it was in the first half. It was pretty seamless because somehow Nathan Redmond wasn't there, but he got to the end line, cut it back, perfect pass, and Redmond just like didn't get in front of his guy. I don't know what he's doing. Yeah. But um, at the very end, this is the highlight of the game, second yellow, Cal Antonio. Just absolutely boneheaded play. <laughs> he gets a yellow, and then it, it, the ball is going the other way, and he just flies into the tackle. Might as well. Never going to win it. Yeah. Second yellow card, just like, what was it, like 30 seconds before the end of the yeah. game or something. Just absolutely ridiculous decision. I don't think I've seen it right at the end of the game that close since, I feel like it was like 2015. It could have been like 2016. Remember when Gareth Barry got like a second yellow, like right as the final whistle was blowing? And it wasn't even like from a tackle, like, that just happened it like the ref went back and then gave him like a second oh vaguely <laughs> yeah, pretty sure vaguely that was that was all-timer this game however was not an all-timer as it finishes nil oh, nil very forgettable um good result for southampton anytime mm-hmm. their defense doesn't look completely vulnerable i think that's a win for them yeah uh the attack you know armstrong still hasn't scored since that opening week but you know, maybe some weaker opponents will get it going. West Ham still are good defensively. They're a little underrated defensively, especially they got their experience there with Ogbonna and uh, Dawson back there. Yeah, but for sure. As far as West Ham bumping the road, or should this be a signal that, you know, maybe we got a little too high on Vibes FC? Yeah, that's that's possible. I think it's just one of those games, you know, the away game, Southampton, you know, sometimes you drop points here and there. Yeah, true. And uh, Well, clearly Southampton are tough. Did you hear what Pep said about how Man City needs to bring fans to the game? Like Southampton? Well, yeah, well, they play Southampton oh. this weekend, and he's like, oh, make sure all our yeah. fans come to this game. We're going to need them against true. Southampton. Tough true, side. true. <laughs> it's yeah. like, all right. Yeah, I mean, I think West Ham, they have the quality. They'll be fine. They, I think they're just going to have to learn to rotate with the Europa League. At least my my thing with them and why I think they'll stay competitive in the Premier League and Europa League is the guys they brought in are vet guys. Mm-hmm. They're not just like young players that you can throw out. They're at least like 25. I think Crawl might be a little younger than that. but He's an know. international. Yeah, exactly. They have some experience in big-time games. So even if you're bringing them on to close out a Premier League game, I still like that. So I'm perfectly fine with their depth. This game, I think it is just a blip in the, you know, road. Um, simple as. Southampton, please play Broha slash Broha Livermento, and uh, I want to see this guy they got from Torino. He's supposed to be pretty good too. So no more Redmond, please. No, we need to exile some of these guys. Even though Romeu has had his moments this year, exile him. Exile Redmond. Get some of these poo-poo guys out of here. Yes. We don't want to watch them. Please. (laughs) (laughs) On to the next. Next. The Battle of the W's. On on to the next. The W Derby. Watford. 
Break it down, Sam. What Watford are we looking at? Going with kind of their similar lineup that they've been rocking. Except for Ngongia got there. Yeah, and Seralta back to back starts. Danny Rose, Truce Kong, Seralta coming in again. He started last week. Midfield Etebo, Suzoko, Sar, Dennis, Kuchka, and then Josh King up front. And then Wolves, Jose Saw in net. Back three of Cody, Kilman, and Saiz. And then you have the the wingbacks, Marsal and Semedo. The great midfield pivot of Neves and Moutinho. And the front so three, good. Jimenez, Trincao, and Troare. The team that should score more. The team that should score more. Um, Wolves just off the bat, just right into it. They yeah. look so good in possession, and we're going to dominate the whole time. Yes. And Watford, on the other end, could not break out if their lives depended on it. Yeah, it was a continuation of the Watford performances where they're just put up to the I, wall and forced to defend. You see, and it's not even their defense, because eventually you're just going to break if you have to defend that much, and you're not like a really, really good or an elite-level defense. I think it's more just the midfield is yeah. so poor that it puts so much pressure on the back. Yeah, absolutely. They have no way to kind of relieve the pressure and even get some some like 10-minute spells of possession to, yeah. to, to relieve the pressure off the back line. It's just you send a hopeful ball up to Josh King or Dennis. Well, they just don't have, they don't have the connection on the intricate kind of smaller passes leading up. And then eventually they just go for kind of a longer pass, and it's just, mm-hmm. the quality isn't there in terms of the passing. Yeah, um, that's what I've noticed from Watford so far this go around. So I don't know. They have to get something going in terms of linking up, but someone between the defense, midfield, and then the midfield and attack. And I don't know who that guy is. Yeah, at this point you're thinking, oh, maybe we shouldn't have Sold got rid Will of Hughes. Will Hughes and yeah. paid him. Yeah, pretty tough. Because even, like, a lot of their guys are all defense or all attack. Mm-hmm. There's not just a balanced number eight for them, it feels like. Yeah. So. Yeah, it is pretty imbalanced. But back to Wolves and their play. It's just, and we talked about it in the preview with Wolves, their ability to go central for so long, and then they get it out wide at, like, the most perfect time where they can go in a, in a dangerous spots. And I think why Wolves are so exciting to watch is because they can do it on the counter and they look like one of the most enjoyable teams to watch because they're so fast. But they can do it when they're holding possession too with their quick passing and stuff. It's not just back and forth, kind of slower, methodical yeah. buildup. Yeah. They're coming at you hard and fast. Yeah, it's very dynamic, especially with that wingback system. You kind of just keep the ball forward, you know, inner, inner passing between the the front players like Traore or Trincao, and then you switch it back to maybe like Marsal or Semedo. Mm-hmm. I thought Marsal had a really good match this oh, game. Oh, yes, absolutely. And also Trincao, again, another really good performance. Yeah, I think it's about time that we give a little uh, props. I thought coming in the year, this guy would have a better year than most years, but Connor Cody's looked very good. Yeah, um, he's the rock for sure. I didn't view him quite as much as a uh, what you'd call modern center back that can kind of spray the ball over the field wherever he wants to, mm-hmm. but he truly can if he needs to. And I, 
He's just looked so good this year. Yeah. With that said, Wolves still haven't scored, and it's nil-nil at half. That is true, yeah. Big save from Bachman <laughs> on Samato just before halftime. Oh, yeah. Then after halftime, Trincao kind of doing his thing still. Gets subbed off at the 63rd minute. I thought that was really surprising because I thought he was like one of the better players mm-hmm. on the field. I think it's because he's so far forward, and it was like they almost have Jimenez kind of dropping back a little further at times for Linka play, and he's kind of floating on the edge of the box at times, it feels like. It seems like Trincao's never really there, probably because they don't ask him to do that. Mm-hmm. But I think that they just feel comfortable with Jimenez in that role versus Trincao, and you know, they sub off Trincao. Eventually they bring on their new signing, who we liked the signing at the time, and we still like him now, and we think it's a good player. Yes. But before that, 74th minute, Finally get the goal. Yeah, of course, it's through our own goal. Like That's what I was saying what about else? Man U. It's like you push so hard, mm-hmm. that you're trying so hard, and you just get frustrated. That the, It feels like the only way you can score will be like a perfect, the most perfect shot in like the upper 90, or it's just going to be the most garbage goal yeah. <laughs> possible. In this case, it was the most garbage goal possible. The header back on the net from Serralta. Just the beautiful finish. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's the beautiful finish for you. I don't know what he expected out of that one. <laughs> You're like right in front of goal. Yeah. You know, sometimes you try and put it over. Sometimes you flick it back on. Sometimes you put it right past Daniel Bachman. Uh, 83rd minute, Chan, debut goal. He looked good on that play. A nice little build-up play out wide for uh, Wolves. Kind of got stuffed. Is a nice little save by Bachman, but mm-hmm. the defense just not there to recover. Chan slots it in. Yeah. You take that tap in. Yep. Get your Eventually, first goal. once you get one, then goals like that that you work for will actually come to fruition. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. So looking to see a little more in the future from him as well. Oh, Huang yeah. Wang He Chan. Got him from Leipzig. Yeah, a little Bundesliga talent, Austrian uh, star right there. Kind of brings a different dynamic going yeah, forward. Yeah, because he... We didn't really get to see it in this game, but he's fast. He is a speed demon out there. Um, he'll really fit in nice with Wolves with their quick counterattacks and stuff. I'd like to see him get a start, see how he fits in right away. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you sit Trinkow for a game and put in uh, Chan just to see how he fits, but it'll be interesting to see going forward how they utilize him. But going forward, they at least have three points now. Three points. They got two goals. So... so you're on the board. Yes. You broke it's the about, uh, deadlock. It's about time. And Watford is just sinking farther. Slowly farther. and slowly. This only ends in Chisco getting sacked 100%. Yes, 100%. And then it's just a matter of if they can save the season or not. Yeah, you really got to be looking at that winter window, bringing in some midfielders potentially. Even if it's just, I mean, they just need an eight. They need a guy who at least has some balance. He doesn't have to be the best attacker or the best defender, but he has to have some presence where he can do both, just a sense of balance. Kind of can facilitate the play between defense and offense. Oh, my gosh. Moving on. Chelsea versus Villa. A fun match for sure. Oh, yeah. This was one of the best matches of the week i would say i would say so too and the score line we'll get to it but doesn't really do it justice mendy rudiger silva chalaba alonzo kovacic 
Saul getting the debut. Yeah. Hudson Adoy out there mm-hmm. with his terrible hair. Lukaku, Ziyech, Havertz yeah. in there. What is Hudson Adoy's hair it's like? It's so like, bad. The trim in the front. It's like and he's got a little elevated. string like, yeah, it's, pushing it up or yeah, something. Yeah, we, we don't talk about it. Very strange. Jed Steer. Jed Steer. Third game since like 2016 or something like that in the Premier League. We all love Jed. We all love Jed. We all love Jed. Matty Cash, Matty Target out wide. Konsa, Mings, Tonzebe as the back three. Um, well, I guess I would say more back five, given Cash and uh, Target are more defensive-minded. But yeah. Douglas, Louise, McGinn, Jacob, Ramsey with Watkins and Danny Ings up front. So a little 5-3-2 action. Yeah, Aston Villa missing Emmy um, Martinez and Emmy Buentilla due to their whole fiasco over the international break where they went to play with Argentina and then got told to leave and then they have to quarantine and all that. <laughs> Truly insane. Truly insane. Seen nothing like it before. Doubt we'll see anything like it since. Yeah, probably. <laughs> well said. So going in this game, you want to talk about Ings and Watkins' little partnership? We're finally going to really see it from the get-go. Yeah, interesting that it's this game. You think of of all the games where you go with the Ings-Watkins partnership. I think it's because they want to do this in general, but Watkins wasn't fully, I was going to say wings. Uh, Watkins wasn't fully. Big ups, man. <laughs> Big ups, my boy, wings. <laughs> Going off You've heard line of Jay Lings, but have you heard of wings? Uh, <laughs> um, but no, I think it's because Watkins wasn't healthy. So, but now he is, and it's like, well, do we just stick with what we ideally, how we want to play and stuff? It's like. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. You're going to be wanting to hit on the counterattack, too, against Chelsea, potentially. Well, speaking of hitting on the counter. Speaking of hitting on the counter, you got 14th one A little back and forth. Uh, Chelsea look a little stronger, but Villa's, you know, they've had yeah, a little bit not of possession. Just back. Yeah, no, they look strong, too. But this this ball from Kovacic was... Ooh. My guy, the ball, my and, and, guy with the chef's just, kiss. He, he's just on the running field. through the midfield like it's nothing. Like yes. part of the Red Sea, Kovacic is coming through the ball. Into the ball Lukaku. to Lukaku Fantastic. puts the brakes on, slots it home. We got one nil Chelsea right off the bat. Um, I'd say the rest of the half, it was mainly Villa. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, they had the better chances. Watkins with a couple of chances and Mendy kind of like Lester, they just couldn't convert those chances. Mendy was in fuego. Yeah, he was really. He was making some big it. saves. Even Chelsea's defense, they had gaps and whatnot. Um, at times they'd recover to get blocks and stuff, but they're still even when Watkins and stuff are getting pressure uh, or getting shots off. There's still pressure from Chelsea on them, so it wasn't like they were clear cut, you know, perfect chances, but. Yeah, a rough go for Saul in his first match. Yeah, you know, I mean, I always love Saul. I love that Atletico team and their style of playing, but it's hard when a guy just signs, has like, what, a week or two of training, if that, with the team. He's not super accustomed, completely new style of playing. Yeah. Like, not even close. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was pretty brutal to watch. Yeah, 
it seemed like every time he got the ball, he felt like he had more time than he actually did. Yeah. And then he's getting closed out and then given away possession. He was possession. doing the Michael Keane week one. Yeah. <laughs> he was doing that, but all over the field. It was rough. Um, right before half, double save from Mendy. Very nice. <sighs> he was killing it. He was killing it. Villa, Villa out wide especially. Yeah, they Sometimes were. Sometimes they cut it more centrally and get the shots there, but out wide is where they were. Mm-hmm. They were making their money. Yeah, I thought it was interesting because it seemed like it was kind of all Watkins. Didn't see too much of Danny Ings in the first half. Yeah, he had one where he had Watkins through and just a little too much on the ball. Mm-hmm. It was a perfect idea and everything. It was just the execution. was. It wasn't even a bad pass. It was just slightly off to the point where Mendy could get it or uh, I think a Chelsea defender might have cleared it, but... Yeah, so it goes in one nil. Chelsea lead, but Villa are—they're scary, man. They're tough. They're a tough opponent out there. Yeah, they're—they're—they uh, look like the better side, I would say. And then Jorginho yep. getting subbed on right after half. Yep, bringing on for Saul, kind of future ball and door winner. Nightmare debut, but you bring on Jorginho, really shores up that midfield. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, they get the second goal through that awful Mings. Mings. It looked good. Pass. It was looking good. He had full faith. You know what I was wondering? Because they were like, how can you do that? Oh, it's a terrible pass. I was thinking like, well, first off, this isn't his regular goalkeeper. He might have full faith in thinking like Emmy Martinez is out there. Whoa, 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 whoa. The disrespect, the Jets steer disrespect. I will Well, no, first off, the it. pass or the problem is with the pass from Mings. But yes. I'm just saying that chemistry between martinez and mings might be different than between mings and steer put my boy jed steer on blast making him go (laughs) 1v1 come on you gotta save it against the neanderthal kovacic my guy a goal and an assist first my guy jed steer everything coming up mateo these days um so two nil and that just felt like oh like as as well as villa yeah as well as villa's played it's like you're best hope is for a draw now but that's more than likely won't even happen so but going forward didn't stop villa they still kept going they had great chances yeah they couldn't score though unfortunately they really couldn't you know who could lukaku from dave what a shot yeah edge of the box that's who i pay the money to bring him in Mm -hmm. that's the change that's that's that centerpiece that you needed so badly. Yeah. And you get it with Lukaku. Yeah, there's something about just having a nine that you have full faith in that'll go bag you a goal mm-hmm. when you need one. Or even turn up in a game when, you know, everything's not looking great, but you get one chance, he's right there, boom, you're back in it. So 3-0 for Chelsea. Um, Yeah, 3-0 doesn't sh- describe how great this game was. Yeah, very open. Lots of chances for Villa. Unlucky I, not to get a goal. Yeah, I'm not a huge, you know, oh, the performance over result. I normally care about result, but this doesn't show it. And Villa, they should be f- proud with how they played. They played well. Um, yeah. And Chelsea, not saying that they should be worried about the result or anything like that, or the performance, but, you know, they're implementing new guys into the team, getting some rotation. So, you know, a yeah. 3 no. To be to able to about. rotate and beat a a good team like Villa, 3-0. A mid-table side, a 
comfortable yeah. mid-table side. That's, yeah. that's a success, I would say. Absolutely. R.I.P. Jed Steer. <laughs> Back to the doldrums of being the, the best job in the world, third choice keeper. Yes. Probably doesn't make very much. That's okay. All you have to make is $10 a day. I'd take that job. Next match, Leeds versus Liverpool on paper. Great match. Yeah. Two bigger clubs. One's a massive club. One is a historically bigger club in Leeds. Yeah. And just good players all over the pitch. Two teams that have some attacking prowess. Oh, yeah. Starting off with the Leeds lineup, Melier in net, Luke Ayling, Firpo on the other side, center-back pairing of Cooper and Llorente. Midfield, Rafinha, Stuart Dallas coming in, Rodrigo, Jack Harrison, Calvin Phillips, and then up front, Patrick. Bamford. Bamford. Liverpool, Allison and Nett, Van Dyke, Matib, center back pairing, Robertson and Alexander Arnold. So fullbacks, nothing new there. Midfield, you got Fabinho, Tiago getting a start there. Yeah. Harvey Elliott getting I, another start. It just doesn't feel good, though. They keep pulling out, but it just doesn't feel right. And then the front three of Mane, Salah, Salah and Jota. Starting off, leads. Huge chance early. Rodrigo in on net and has a terrible shot. Right straight at Allison. At Allison. Yeah, that was a rough one. At that point, it was all downhill. That might just sum up Rodrigo's leads career eventually. Yes. Very, very bad. <laughs> Great chance and, oh, no. Yeah, 1-0 for Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Um, 100th Premier League goal and assist from Alexander-Arnold. The play out wide was truly fantastic by Alexander-Arnold to get that ball to Salah. But then, like, Leeds with their defense, we've talked about it. Even, like, their main thing is they te- they tend to get exposed on fast counters and whatnot. These, these aren't counter plays, though, that they're getting yeah. exposed on this year. Yeah, It's, they- like, in the box marking by Cooper – and even like ailing and just everyone, it's not good. They just look like really slow to like close out on the ball. And when you give Liverpool that much space around the box, it's just so easy for them. They'll play the one twos, Salah and Alexander Arnold or Mane and Jota. You know, you're just asking for it at that point. You can't give mm-hmm. them space. Yeah. You got to block off that space and have some midfielders come back and help out and put some pressure on them. And if yeah. you don't, they're going to take advantage of you, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, going forward, Thiago scores ruled offside. Um, even just in general, like we'll, we'll obviously cover the rest of the game, but Mane in this game had 10 shots and Leeds had 9. Yeah. That's brutal, dude. That's <laughs> Mane looks so bad, though. He... I was saying it last year. He just is he's significantly more inefficient yeah. than he has been. And we I wondered and coming in this year is like is that for real? Is he going to bounce back? He is not a very good finisher. Even I would say like below average at his peak, but he got so many chances that it yeah. you know. I mean, he got so many chances in this game and it was like, oh, another money chance. Mm-hmm. And he Shot it, it right at the keeper or, yeah. or missed it wide or whatnot. Yeah. So anyways, halftime, 1-0, Liverpool in control. Could have had three or four. Then after halftime, 
They double their lead through Fabinho off the corner after a big chance from Sala goes wide. No respite for Leeds. Mm-mm. They're just struggling to to uh, track Virgil van Dijk on the corners, and that's something you can't do either. Exactly. Even if he's not getting a shot on net, he's putting it on for someone else. We yeah. see there Fabinho finishing Fabinho with that. the slotted home. Yeah, it for this game it's just it's hard to watch for Leeds because um, even they're so dynamic going forward, but this year they just really haven't been. And in this game, we've seen Liverpool even be comfortable like sitting back and you know absorbing pressure at times. Leeds didn't even really have that great like spell of possession in this game that I can recall. Like they never looked as dynamic as they have previously. Yeah. It was kind of like their only hope was when they'd get it to Rafinha, and he looked decent. But then, other but than even that, then. it was just not not good. Not linking yeah. up with Bamford. And uh, 58th minute, Ooh, this Pascal strike. Harvey Elliott, Mr. Zoomer. Falls Harvey Elliott. Harvey Elliott's ankle? Yeah. Just going to the hospital. Dislocated. Red card for strike, and at that point, the game's pretty much over. Yeah. Tough one for Harvey Elliott to get injured like that. Had to have surgery. Yeah. So he'll probably be out for months. quite a good while. It's a tough one when you get that good shot, have a good run into the team at such a young age. Yeah, and who knows? I mean, depending on what it does to his ligaments and stuff, he might not be the same in terms of quickness. Yeah. Which he's a pretty quick guy. Uh, going on, Leeds kind of get a little foothold in the game late on. Dan James coming on for his sub, but, you know, a little too late for him. And it really doesn't matter because Liverpool go 3 0 up. Your guy. Sadio Mane. After, One for, we call him Mr. 1 for 10. After over 9,000 chances, finally scores. We call him Mr. 1 for 10 where I come from. <laughs> And that's the game. <laughs> Liverpool, three goals, three points, leads. Yet to get my, a win. My, yeah, season. my my main thing is how many goals Leeds have conceded. They've conceded, I think, the third most in the Premier League or second most. Um, and that's, scored the second have, least. Yeah. So, but it's it's just this isn't the same leads that we've come to seeing. Maybe they just need a game where they can beat up on an easy opponent. I don't know what what it is. They got Newcastle coming up, so we'll see. But yeah, um, as far as Liverpool going forward, little concerned about Mane. Not huge about that. The main thing has to be all right, Sam. This is where it starts. First injury. Yeah. To the midfield. That's true. Harvey is looking pretty good. Some people thought he looked really, really good. Mm-hmm. Now, what are you gonna do? Now you're bringing in Oxlade Chamberlain, and that's. Sam's throwing a thinking emoji on that one. He's throwing the big ol' He's got the finger gun right under the chin looking up. Yeah, he doesn't know what, what to think mm. about that one. So, yeah, tough way for uh, it to break for Liverpool in a 3-0 win. Definitely a better 3-0 win for Chelsea than Liverpool, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily in style play, but the overall outcome. Yeah, when you don't reinforce your midfield... 
after a season like he had last season, mm-hmm. and you lose your best midfielder in Vinaldum. I mean, you're just asking for it at that point. Yeah. What do you think Leeds might do to adjust? Do you think they might be a little less aggressive, maybe going forward and sure up the defense, or do you think they're really just gonna be else is gonna be on them to press even harder and you know look for those longer passes to Bamford maybe to hold up, get some link up quick link up play going as they go into the attacking third. What do you think it is? Do they go full leads even more, or do you think they maybe? stray from the tactics kind of just uh that's a good question i don't know that i'm really quite sure i mean you have strike on a red card so he's gonna miss three games on that one i mean there's there's a line of thought where you could see them going to a back three and then having ailing and furpo potentially as wing backs or maybe i haven't been super impressed by furpo how about your guy, Cock, put him back in midfield? Definitely not that. <laughs> um, but I like when Aylin is kind of like a sweeper in front of the defense, and then he can kind of help transition the attack going forward. Yeah. Potentially have Tyler Roberts getting some minutes. Um, Dan James. Dan he's James be should huge. Give, a, yeah, give him a boost going forward. Yeah, no, I wanna... no more Rodrigo. No more Rodrigo. Yeah, that needs to stop. Yeah. That needs to stop now. They looked better when he came off. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, we'll see what they do in terms. Maybe it, they keep it the same, but they just make some personnel changes in terms of what guys are playing where and how far mm-hmm. forward they're going, how how they're getting back and stuff. So yeah, but I would like to see the back three figure out some organization in the defense first off. Well, they're gonna need it because yes. they can't go on like this. Yeah, but you know who can go on forever? Everton, Rafa's men. We yeah, never doubted you. You you people listening, you already know it's a Everton wins lol episode. <laughs> Easy. Yep. You know, what else is new? We'll what just else move on new? from there. <laughs> uh Pickford, Keane, Mina, Godfrey in there. Yeah, they um, kinda had this rotating defense, defense yeah. which is surprising that they've been doing so well. Yeah. Uh Alan Digne Ducore and Seamus Coleman, all very defensive minded in that midfield, which makes sense. I mean, if you're gonna step back. Uh, Richarlison, Damari Gray, Townsend, more of their attacking presence up front. In net, for Burnley, Pope. We got Lowton, Taylor, Tarkovsky, and me. Goodmanson, Brownhill, McNeil, Westwood, Wood, and Barnes up top. What were your initial thoughts on this? Yeah, pretty standard. I mean, you got Burnley kind of one of their better lineups if you exclude their new players but they come in they get a decent start they have quite a bit of possession they're doing what they do where they mm-hmm. get the ball wide through the full backs um uh charlie taylor and matthew Lowton swinging in balls trying to get uh chris wood and ashley barnes. barnes onto the ball and it looked pretty good so far but you know they weren't able to score and that was kind of the big issue with burnley the thing is, with this, is this just shows Everton's going to forever sit back and then counter. We yes. learned that about Everton. We kind of learned it about Tottenham. That's but a good point. Burnley just having the ball. And, I mean, they looked fine, and Everton was, you know, I wouldn't say they were fully in control in terms of defense and clearing and stuff because Burnley had one or two where it was like a half chance. Mm-hmm. But the fact that Everton's willing to do that, 
against that's, Burnley. Yeah, yeah, that just shows their style. So, um, you could tell that the fans were getting a little restless. Yeah, like, oh, you're sent back that's, against Burnley. That's I know. It's pretty rough. I know, but you know, it always pay off when you're Rafa. Um, I felt like Everton as the half went on had a little more foothold in attack. Mm-hmm. They looked pretty sloppy in attack. Probably the most yeah. sloppy they've looked this year in attack. Yeah, I thought uh, in the first half, but goes in nil nil. Come out a half. Burnley with this kind of half chance out of nothing in terms of like it looked like one of those plays in like the 96 minute where you like panic just you work a little quick build up play and then you just try and cross it in as fast as you can that's what it kind of felt like like he just got on side and he swung it in me mm-hmm. forward gets the header on it yeah. goes in yeah on that set piece i mean it, it's kind of one of those that's a ways out and maybe you thinking like it's not necessarily that dangerous of a chance but mm-hmm. you know burnley they great in, headers of the ball yeah they they got the big guys throw them up there ben me gets his goal on his 200th burnley appearance the assist from goodmanson but then enter everton and lord michael Keane, who scores off of the man who who knows nothing else except how to cross Andros Townsend <laughs> and cross he does quite well yeah that was a that was a perfect ball in by Townsend pretty deep uh for what you would think Townsend would be swinging balls in from wasn't really near the corner or the box really putting that one in but Keen edge edge of like the six yard box kind of no one really marking him heads it near post yeah fantastic header you wouldn't expect Keen to be up there though but he kind of it just in general is really forward, even in like the midfield kind of area for Everton in the second half, pushing up a little less defensive, a little more deep lying mid. Um, but then the second goal came pretty quick after as well. Yeah, sorry. Ta- he, he doesn't just cross the ball. He also scores bangers. Andrews Townsend with the run, the gallop through the midfield, takes him on. It was off an interception too, so he does it all. Yeah, Intercepts the ball, runs the whole way outside of the box gives i don't know who was marking him i think it was me gives him the eyes and then just takes the rip upper 90 Oof. no chance for pope filthy and then literally moments later mm-hmm. the counter Demari gray was just i don't know how he got that open in the middle yeah it was like burnley had no one in between the defense and midfield i think burnley at this point they're just stunned and there's so much space. Damari Gray, super fast, in on goal, converts 3-1. Mm-hmm. The Goodison is absolutely Hopping. going mental. Hopping. They hate it when they're <laughs> sitting back against Burnley, but then they but strike But they love three. it when they're sitting back against Burnley. <laughs> and uh, three goals and three points. Again, Townsend, uh, Damari Gray, good performances. It's not always the best thing to watch mm-hmm. but when they're firing on all cylinders in attack on our podcast last week i said everton was going to keep it up they're keeping it they're up keeping i mean it's up. burnley but i mean there's still you got to go out and win uh as far as burnley's concerned getting the goal we've seen them get goals like this before and then they just hold it 
how brutal is it for them to to blow this? Yeah, they're really in the style they did. Yeah, to hold on to any sort of lead that they do get. I mean, it's pretty rare, but yeah, when you're not scoring very much, mm-hmm. and then you just give up some easy goals. That's pretty demoralizing, I would say. Yeah, especially when you're you're built on defense. You're not built on attack. Yeah, for you're sure. You're built to sit back. Yeah, you're built for the 1-0 wins. Mm-hmm. And you're just blowing it. I don't know. The signs, and I saw something about towards the end of last year, and I I don't know. I was more, oh, I guess we, not just I. We were more concerned that they didn't bring in anyone to freshen up the squad or anything. Mm-hmm. But the signs that were there at the end of last year in terms of their defense, when you look at the advanced stats, really dropped off in terms of quality from their past season. So not compared to other Premier League teams, but compared to where Burnley was years prior, the quality in defense just dropped off significantly. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they'll have enough to stay up this year. We thought coming in the year they wouldn't, and right now it's... Yeah, we'll have to see with the uh, the additions, Connor Roberts and... Uh, Cornier coming in. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they can add some quality to the team. Going forward in the wide positions. I'm yeah. still a little worried about that central of the park. Mm-hmm. Who would you say their best central player is? Like Brownhill? I would say Westwood probably, but it's... You don't feel good about it. it yeah, that's not what you want. Mm-hmm. He's like a squad player at best. Yeah, and even like... So you bring in Cornet. And you bring in uh, Roberts, but it's like, what, what are you doing with McNeil? Are you just throwing him kind of up there with Wood and like kind of more like a partnership? Because I don't think McNeil can play centrally. Or are you taking out Taylor and? Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they how they work that. Taylor and Lowton for the new guys. I don't know. We'll have to see. And you know what? We will see come match day five because it's time. Drum roll. Match day five is here. Tomorrow, Newcastle leads at St. James's Park. You can expect the Boo Birds out in full force. Yes. <laughs> they hate Bruce. <laughs> um, so that means they'll get a win. Maybe. Especially how Leeds are playing. What are, we, what are you looking for in this game, specifically? Chaos. Yeah. Two teams that are just like at times very poor in defense and can be pretty good in offense. So I expect a lot of goals. I'll say that. I feel like St. Maximin is going to, I would guarantee he's going to get a goal or an assist yeah, in this game. Yeah, I or, think there's a good chance. Um, You have a prediction for this one? I'm going to go with a spicy 3-2 Newcastle. Oh, man. Yeah. See, I'm feeling 2-1 either way. I just can't decide. So I'm going to go 2-2. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll keep it a little bland. Next game, Wolves versus Brentford. Can the Wolves offense produce against Brentford's solid defense? Yeah. It, it'll be interesting to see. I want to see how Brentford's defense – or not defense. um, Midfield, who's looked pretty damn good this year, how they hold up because – you were saying earlier about the dynamic duo of Neves and Montinho. Mm-hmm. They've looked probably like a top three yeah. pair, central midfield pairing yeah. so far this year. I want to see how that holds up, who wins that battle. Um, as far as attack goes, maybe see how uh, Chan, see if they get him in there. But 
I'm going to go with a 2-1 Wolves victory. I think they keep rolling here now. I'm going to go with a 1-0 for Wolves, kind of a grind it out. Okay. Yeah. Who's going to score? Is it going to be It's going to be one of those games where it's like you check the score like, "Oh, I wonder who scored." And it's like Marcel. I'm going to go with a Jimenez <laughs> Jimenez goal. All right. All right. The the banded man himself. Yes. Burnley Arsenal at Turf Moor. How Oof. excited are you, are you for this? This is one of those games you hate to see it on the calendar because you know it's going to be. So you're going to have one. three TVs going, but they're all going to be three different camera angles or three different broadcasts of this game. Tactical is that correct? Cam, bench cam, dice cam, dice cam. <laughs> who we, we forgot to mention? Four more years of Sean Dice extended contract. Yeah. Wow. Who would have thought? Maybe this turns it around for him. Maybe. Probably not, but maybe. Probably not. Uh, what's a matchup in this one you're looking for? You know, I'm concerned about the physicality just throughout the Burnley squad. Against Arsenal. Against Arsenal, who... More of a finesse team. More of a finesse team. You know, at times they can get bullied off the ball, especially you worry maybe about Ben White, potentially. He's not the most physical center back. Mm-hmm. Um, you hope. Gabrielle can handle Chris Wood, but uh, I like having Tommy Yasu to kind of he'll be nice going forward. Bulk up the squad. Yeah, um, it'll be a tough one for Arsenal, though. I mean, anytime you're going to the turf, more. Yeah, you know? uh, my my head for some reason is telling me uh, Burnley. I don't know why. Yeah, but Arsenal hasn't won in their last three. Um, trips there i can't remember if it's matches or trips to turf more i see it might be in those three previous meetings with burnley i'm just a little worried about the tech they didn't look super super amazing against norwich but they didn't look like god awful i don't know i think i'm gonna be very very boring here and go with a nil nil yeah i could see that i'm gonna say one nil burnley who scores? Ashley Barnes. No, no. Yep. That's the worst feeling in mm-hmm. the world. Yep. That's the worst. Absolutely. Uh, Liverpool Palace. This will be a good one. Yeah, it really will be. At Anfield. What are you looking for in this one, too? Let's see what Liverpool do, who they bring in to replace Elliot in the midfield. Yeah. I do still favor Liverpool in this one, but I think Crystal Palace... Can get on the score Liverpool sheet. are so far ahead in the attack and defense and goalkeeping, but I might give the slight edge to Palace in midfield. Yeah. That's so fair. if uh, Liverpool, which they'll probably be able to do, break out quick, they get the plays going, they get a little action for Salah or Jota. This feels like a little Jota game. Um, I'm going to go 2 0 Liverpool. I'm going to say 3-1 Liverpool. I see, I see. City, Southampton, the game everyone must attend who's listening to this podcast, including us. And your Pep eyes are going to so. be burned watching this one. <laughs> it's just going to be like 90 minutes of City passing around Southampton. Yeah, I don't really know what Southampton can really do in this game. Maybe some Levermento goal line clearances. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 3-0 City, I don't see any other way. I'll say 2-0. Okay. Um, 
Norwich Watford. This is a big one. Yeah. This is a this is a big six pointer right off the bat. This is where both the bad of these teams, meets bad. Yeah, there's like green you know, like in cartoons when there's like green lines coming off someone because they smell bad. There's <laughs> green lines coming off this game. It's it is a Damn. toilet bowl game, yes, is what it we is. call it. Um what are we thinking here in terms of matchup? Is this gonna be like chaos too? Cause I, I kinda like Norwich's midfield in terms of they can expose that yeah. against Watford. With that said, Norwich, if they want to play their own way, they'll kind of be a little more attack-minded. Maybe that leaves it open for Watford to expose. Potentially. I think... I'm going to go... 2 Norwich. I'm going 2-1 Watford. Oh, I did not expect that. Yeah. I feel like you were setting it up for a Norwich win, and then you to switch route. There's no rug pull for Norwich. There, there can be, but there's none from me. Villa Everton. I this this might be my second favorite game of the week. This one will tell us a lot, I think. About both teams. About both teams. Um, in terms of where I'm looking for, first off, Buendia and Emmy Martinez should be back. The main attackers against Everton's defense, how they're able to manipulate Everton's defense and their defensive-minded midfielders in terms of if they're able to get out wide and that's where they have success or if it's through the middle through Ings and Watkins it'll be interesting to see or if they have no success at all yeah I think it'll be tough I mean Everton they just set up shop they got the defensive midfielders it's pretty tough to score we saw Villa struggle to score despite the chances I'm going to go 1-1 one, because one, it's at Villa. If this was a Goodison, I would definitely go yeah. Everton, but I'm going to go I'm going to go the draw. Yeah, I think 1-1 one, one is a fair result. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brighton, Leicester at the Amex. You don't want to say must win early in the year, but Leicester kind of Leicester got to get a result here of some sorts. Even if it's a draw, I think that'd be something to build off of. What are we looking at in this one, Sam? Yeah, I don't think it's going to necessarily be easy for them either. Brighton are one of the more informed teams. And uh, I think they're going to test the Leicester defense, midfield. I think Leicester may have a better chance of scoring in this one. I think that. I would say that too, sure. just because the matchup, they're a little susceptible. Um, if they are still aggressive, Brighton, that is, um, in terms of maybe they do misplay a pass or something and Lester can counter. Mm-hmm. And then Webster. Yeah. You know, I'm going to go with a Lester 1-0 against Brighton. I'm going to say 2-1 Lester. All right. We're still on the Kool-Aid Lester. So if you yes, f- if you fail us. Don't do it. We're going to look stupid as the fans of the Graham Potter fan club as well. West Ham United. Great game. Yes, West Ham versus United. What did I say? West Ham United? West Ham United. Well, you know, West Ham United. It's only West Ham United. Yes. Come what, on, you Hammers. They're on the bye. <laughs> they have a bye this week. Uh, West Ham, Man U. I like this one in terms of West Ham's attack versus the space that Man U may give them. With Fred and Matic, potentially. I mean, they didn't even go with Fred. They went with um, Pogba Matic in, in this week's game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I'm just saying, like, that spot specifically yeah, they're going to target, especially if it's, like, yeah. 
if that spot rotates and it's going against Ben Rama. Yeah, Ben Rama, Bowen. Bowen even, but for, even if Fornals. it's still still central, I was going to say, if it's still central, Fornals can punish you either way. But Yeah, for sure. Maybe see if Antonio can get back on track, even though this is... He's again, suspended. Oh, yeah, with the red. Yep. So what are they going to do up top? Uh, Vlasic. That's rough to bring him in against Man U. Yeah, you know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. What are we thinking here for a scoreline? I'm thinking... I'm thinking 2-1 Man U. 2-1 Man U as well. Oh, man. Well, West Ham, you got to win. Congratulations. Tottenham, Chelsea at the Hotspur Stadium. For me, this one's going to be that Tottenham back line, how that adjusts, how it looks. Um, if Sun plays, mm-hmm. as far as Chelsea go, it'd be, maybe just watch the rotation versus the, you know, if Tuchel is just going to pretty much have like only one or two guys out from Champions League sides. Um, maybe this is a game where Chilwell gets in. It's it's interesting just to see how he's going to rotate the squad now that they have had a Champions League match. So, yeah. What are we thinking here? I think this one will be pretty easy for Chelsea. See, that's what worries me. It worries I, me as it well. Felt, it felt like last week Tottenham were going to win. Yeah. And then it was this was going to be the big one, and then yeah. Tottenham were going to... Exactly. We're going to crap all exactly over themselves. They do exactly the opposite of what you think. Yeah. I'm going to go with a 2-1 Chelsea victory. I'm going to say 2-0 Chelsea. I think that Tottenham gets one early, but Chelsea work it back. Okay. And then, is that it? There's no Monday games because there's a Friday game, right? Yep, correct. That is it for match week five predictions. Do we have one more random prediction from saying? Random prediction. What was the last one last week? Trincao brace. Oh, yeah. Did not right. happen. Did not happen. He can't, he can't score a brace when, when you subbed off at the well, 63rd when minute. Sam saw... Wolves won two nil and checked his phone. He was, he he had the red laser beam eyes. I am going to say a Hianacho gets subbed on and scores for Leicester. That we, is my prediction. We can only hope. We can only hope. That will do it for this week's episode of the Premiership Perusal Podcast. We will be joining next thursday night as always until then peace